I want you to know and understand, he's not just talking about standing there like a knot on a log. How many of you know some Christians that are really firm? Every Christmas and every Easter, they're on a church pew somewhere, firmly planted there. That's not what he's, look look at this. Stand firm, let nothing move you. Move you from what? night and the pastor here at New Life Community Church. I thank you so much for turning us on, tuning us in. I trust as always that the Lord's going to bless you up one side and down the other as we fellowship together here for the next several moments. We're going to continue tonight, if I can get my teeth straightened out, we're going to continue with the series that we began last week that deals with the issue of death. Now don't let that scare you off because this is good news what we're sharing with you. Our text passage is 1 Corinthians chapter 15. We're going to be looking at a marginal reading here very shortly. But before I get into that, I want to remind you as we get ever closer to our 11th annual bike run. There's some information there on the screen shows you all about that. This is going to be on Saturday, August 27th. It's a bike run to support the Crisis Pregnancy Center here in Martinsville. And uh, we'd just love to talk to you more about that. Hopefully we can see you on that day again. The information's there on the screen. If you'd like more information, if you just call that number uh, right there or wherever we've got it uh, on the screen at this time, call us and we'll give you some more information about that. Uh, hot rods are welcome as well as motorcycles. There'll be a, a great long line. In fact, we're anticipating uh, about 200 participants this year. Uh, based on some of the information we have. So come along, ride with us. We would love to see you. Well, I want to go to a marginal reading, which is found in Psalm chapter 55 and verse number 22. We're going to read that, and we're going to jump right on into this particular teaching titled, The Sting of Death. Again, Psalm chapter 55 and verse number 22. The record puts it this way. Cast thy burden upon the Lord, and he shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. I love that. He shall never, even in death, he shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for each one, man, woman, boy, or girl, that's tuned us in, whether live or later. I pray that by the power of the Spirit and by your word, you would speak to their hearts. Not my words, Lord, but your words, may they ring preeminent. Father, I pray in particular for that one that may be listening right now and death just has them rattled. Perhaps they're close to death or just preoccupied with it. I trust and pray that they would know before the end of this message that there is a resurrection, not only of the Christ, but a resurrection that awaits for them if they will mind your business. We pray in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hey, you hang on. I'm going to be back here in just a little while to wrap things up. God bless. And to think about them old self-righteous, pompous cowards. 
coming to come away from that feeling pretty good about ourselves. Isn't it easy to do that? Did you know we face the same dilemma? We face the same dilemma. You see, we come into this existence, what we call life, the present world. We come into this existence with a sin problem. Will you look at your neighbor right now and say, I know that's right. You come in this world with a sin problem. Point to it right now. Tell them that. Yes, you did, you old heathen, you. Watch this. Here's a teaching point. You don't hear this talked about much nowadays, but it's right. It's true. Mankind is now born with a sin nature. Let this sink in. Born with a sin nature, and it is with us from the time we're conceived. Well, Pastor Terry, I sure don't believe that, and you shown up better have some Bible for that. Well, I think I do. Turn with me to Psalm chapter 51 and verse number 5. We could preach this verse up one side and down the other. The applications there, in particular, within the context of what our country is going through now, is very significant. But the psalmist says this, and he teaches us, Surely I have been a sinner, notice sinner, from birth. You know what he says? And then notice, sinful, I've been a sinner from birth, sinful, speaking of his nature, from the time my mother conceived me. Listen to me, church. That's us, every last one of us. So we need rescuing. We got a problem up in here. Number five on your study notes. I asked the question, I made the statement, it's very important for you to understand why Jesus had to go to the cross. I just explained it to you. Our sin problem, mine and yours, and if you're bold enough and courageous enough and honest enough, instead of putting our sin problem in the blank, could you put your initials in there? Oh, boy, that would sting, wouldn't it? Our sin problem is the reason Jesus Christ had to die. Yes, we are sinful as we come into this world. But, and I don't want to leave you there, we are. But Jesus ain't. Jesus is not. We are, but not Jesus. Watch this. If Jesus were not sin-free, there would be no sacrifice for sin. We'd be in a mess. But if you go to 2 Corinthians, just the next letter over, Paul wrote to the church of Corinth a couple times. In fact, there may have even been more. We don't have those letters. 2 Corinthians 5 and 21, God made him who had no sin. Who's he talking about? Couldn't be anyone else but Jesus. God made him, Jesus, to be sin for you. And myself, us, there's that word us again. So that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Oh, hallelujah. That's enough to make an Episcopalian shout right there. Are you with me? God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. That's God's plan for us. John reinforces that. 
Paul wasn't all out in left field. If you go to 1 John, little John, over in the end of the New Testament, chapter 3, verse 5, uh, the, the first part of the verse, but you know that he appeared, so he, Jesus, so that he might take away our sins. Just adding testimony to Paul's writings, both of them inspired. Neither Paul nor John just hauled off and wrote this down because they thought it was a good idea. Holy Spirit inspired them what to write down. Beloved, if you know anything about the New Testament, you'll know that the book of Hebrews just glares at us because Hebrews brings a lot of this together. Chapter 9 and verse number 12 tells us he, speaking of Jesus, did not enter by the blood of goats and calves, that old testament old covenant sacrificial system but he entered the most holy place talking about heaven that earthly tabernacle was just a representation of that which is in heaven he entered the most holy place once for all how many times did jesus go in there once for all, that's all it took. Why? Because he didn't have some goat blood and some bull blood and all that kind of nonsense. Not nonsense, but all that. But by grannies, it tells us here, by his own blood he entered. That's why he went to the cross, to shed his blood for youth and meeth. And he took that blood and presented that to our Heavenly Father. And the Word of God tells us here, as sure as I'm standing here, thus securing eternal redemption for us. Hallelujah. The Old Testament sacrifices were a foreshadowing of the perfect, once-for-all sacrifice of Jesus Christ. How many of you know Pastor T doing some preaching up in here this morning? Are you with me? I'm about to have a running fit. A fellow asked me one time, I said that, and after the service, he said, well, why don't you do that? I said, because I'll break something. So why? Listen, beloved, this is exactly what our text is confirming to us. Look back in verse 57. But thanks be to God, He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Gives us the victory. And now, I told you there was a couple of verses. We arrive at verse 58. Look at the first part of the verse. It begins, therefore. Church, tell me what we do when we see therefore. We look and see what it's there for. Therefore, it's pointing back to what he just said. In light of these scriptural, biblical, righteous truths, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let me see your eyeballs, New Life Community Church. Stand firm. I want you to know and understand, he's not just talking about standing there like a knot on a log. How many of you know some Christians that are really firm? Every Christmas and every Easter, they're on a church pew somewhere, firmly planted there. That's not what he's, look, look at this, stand firm, let nothing move you. Move you from what? What is standing firm? If you'll look at this verse, he tells us what standing firm is. Now watch this, this is the portion of the program where Pastor Terry nails you to the wall. <laughs> I'm kidding, sort of. It says, always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord. Mm. How many of you believe in God? How many of you believe He has a son named Jesus? How many of you believe the Bible is the Word of God? 
How many of you are bound and determined to do what that word says? Well, you know, say them amens got lower and lower. Amen, 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 amen. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. What is standing firm? It is always giving yourselves fully to the work of the Lord. Fill in number six with me. Beloved, the work of the Lord is those things that God purposes for you. How many of you know that God didn't just purpose something for Pastor Terry, but he purposed something for you as well? Those things that God purposes for you and you obediently follow through. Look again at that word fully in verse 58. You know what it means in the original? It means this, and it's translated different ways in a lot of different uh, translations, but the original word simply means this. It means to go beyond the expected. Hmm. You ever had this thought? We got to go over to that church and do so-and-so. You know, if we don't, Pastor Terry's going to get all bent out of shape. So we better do what he expects. Are you with me? This is talking about something a whole lot different than that and a whole lot better than that. It's talking about going beyond the expectations of what God has for you. God fully given to the work of the Lord above and beyond, exceeding the necessary. Hey, let me ask you this morning. Are you living life that way, your Christian life? Are you just doing enough to get by? How many times do I have people tell me out in the community, Pastor Terry, I know I ought to do better, but... And I'm always thinking, I don't always say it, but you can believe I'm thinking it. Well, if you know you ought to be doing better, then bless God, why don't you do it? Is it my fault that you're not doing it? Is it the little lady? You know, Adam blamed Eve, and guys are still blaming their wife. Why don't you do it? These truths that I've shared with you this morning, and I'm headed to my closing. I'm not closing yet, so don't get too comfortable. These truths should be more than enough to convict the believer of the necessity of remaining faithful and committed to the kingdom work of God. Now let me just give you this little brief parenthesis and I'll be right back. If the only hope, the only hope that we had was to waste away, removed from the presence of God, then it would be the epitome of futility to continue on and actually nearly impossible to faithfully maintain our position, that is to stand firm, to continue to do even more than is expected. The directive to always give ourselves fully to the work of the Lord would be overwhelming, wouldn't it? But there's a because. Don't you love it when there's becauses? There's a because. We are given a truly phenomenal, blessed reason to continue steadfast in the things of God, doing more than is expected. The latter part of verse 58 says, Because you 
No. Listen to me, church. You read the Word. You should know these things because you know. And again, I have to back up and say, because we know what? He says, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. It's not in vain. All that we do in this present existence, including the trials and the pitfalls, the temptations and the shortcomings, the, the highs and the all-too-frequent lows, is not in vain. Pastor Terry, what in the world does that mean? Very simply, here's what it means. Fill this in with me. The work that you do for the Lord isn't wasted. How many of you know a lot of things we do in this present existence? It's wasted. It's wasted, but not the work of the Lord. The Amplified Bible gives it to us like this. It's never without purpose. No matter how insignificant or small or sometimes even silly it seems like, uh, the things that God asks you to do by Holy Spirit, not any of that is without purpose. When God is testing your obedience, it is toward that end. And listen, if you start and do some little things, He'll give you some bigger things. And then He'll give you some bigger things. And then some bigger things. And I just explained to you why a lot of people aren't doing bigger things for the Lord. Because He can't trust them with a little bitty thing. Never without reward. Galatians 6 and 9 says this. Let us not grow weary in well-doing. Listen to me, church. The world, the United States, New Life Community Church in Ridgeway, Virginia. We've been through a difficult couple of years. We've had to change the way we do a lot of things. And many people have let their guard down. And many people have become weary of doing good. So many have become weary of doing good because they do not fully comprehend what Paul says to us in Galatians. Let us not grow weary in, do, in well-doing, for in due time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up, if we do not quit. That's a guaranteed promise from Almighty God. Almighty God. You know, I'm reminded of old Peter. Do you remember Peter when he went out in the boat and Jesus walked across the lake on the water? Now, that's interesting. But old Peter grew weary and he began to go under. He began to sink until he refocused on his life preserver and he met with an immediate reward. Now, I'm telling you, most of our rewarding is not immediate. In fact, sometimes it, it appears to be non-existent. But when God Almighty, the God that you said you believe in, the God of the Bible, the God that we worship, when God puts forth a promise, beloved, it's a done deal. If we keep believing and trusting and doing that, by that I simply mean doing the exceeding necessary. Just keep trusting. Our task, church, is not to count the hours or the days. I prayed and asked the Lord to do something yesterday, and it hasn't happened yet. 
last week and it hasn't happened yet, a month ago. Our task is not to count the hours or the days or the years, but to trust the wisdom of the ages. When an honest and upright man tells me that he's going to do something, I don't hang on to fret. I hang on to hope. Let me show you what I'm talking about. Our dear Pastor Harley, Harley and Reva Harris, arguably the patriarch and matriarch of New Life Community Church, my trusted prayer partner, my confidant for for well over 35 years now, I can tell you that when Harley Harris tells you he's going to do something, he's going to do it. And when Harley tells me he's going to do something, I don't fret about it. Oh, Harley told me he was going to do this, and he ain't done it yet. I know he will, because he's a, an upright man. He tells you something, he'll do it. I hang on to hope, and I look forward to the fulfillment of that promise, if you please. Now, only God knows how I really feel about that brother, but I think that brother would agree with this. He's a mere man. He's a mere man. Puts his socks on one foot at a time, just like I do. A mere man. And if I can depend on a mere man to be that faithful, then what of God Almighty? This is overwhelmingly truthful when the trustworthy wisdom of the ages promises us that our labor in the Lord will not be in vain. The psalmist, I'm going to put the period on this with this Psalm 55 and 22 David says cast your burden upon the Lord your cares your concerns cast that on the Lord and he shall sustain thee oh yes he will and I love the latter part of this he shall never suffer the righteous to be moved those that are in lockstep with him they won't be moved out of the way hey here's the way I want to conclude this morning we're going to end up praying our prayer of the week, our new prayer of the week. But I'm going to give you an opportunity to, to answer a personal inquiry this morning and, and an opportunity to respond to that. And it is simply this. Are you giving yourself fully? Now, I know what goes along with that. And listen, I live in the same world you do. I know how busy this world is. I have to say this to you because it's right and true and some of you need to hear it. Some of you are real busy about good things but not God things. I, I don't see nothing wrong with that, preacher. Well, listen, sometimes God asks us to do things because he wants us to do things, not because what we were doing was bad. He, he wants to go on another. Have you figured that out yet? Have you? Are you giving yourself fully to the work of the Lord. Only you know the answer to that. Not to the world, but to Jesus. Not chasing after the works of the flesh. 
even chasing after works of righteousness. But in a relationship with Jesus, listening for that still small voice, when he says go right, you go right. When he says go left, you go left. When he says stand still, you stand still until you find out from him why. And when he says go forward, you go forward. Beloved, we're going to wrap it up right there. And let me do so by asking you this. Will you listen real careful? Is your life, your life, focused on the storm, the troubles, the trials, the tribulations, or the life preserver? Is it focused on the storm, all that calamity that goes on around us? And no matter who you are, the most peaceful person listening to me right now, you have to admit that the, there's a lot of calamity going on around us. Are you focusing on that or focusing on the life preserver? You see, it's a Bible truth that Jesus the Christ was resurrected from the dead. Uh, from the dead. He was the first fruits. Because of His resurrection, we too can have a great hope that we're gonna, we will be resurrected. How, how so? How is that true? if we are in Christ, if we are in relationship with God through His Son, Jesus Christ. I pray for you, and this is why we put forth this effort week after week after week for many years now, is to be able to make sure, make certain that you are in a right relationship with God through Christ, that you've confessed your sins, repented of your sins, established a relationship with God, and you believe in your heart and you're living it out day by day. Please don't be one of those that depends on some words you said or some box you checked uh, 10, 20, 30, 40 years ago and your relationship with Jesus is not up to date. You haven't been reading. You haven't been studying His Word. You haven't been praying, communicating with Him. You're not connected to the body of Christ, the church. But be one of those instead that just absorbs this Word. And by the way, when you're born again, you will. You'll have a hunger for the Word of God a hunger to spend some time in prayer communicating with the Lord, not only talking at Him, telling Him what you think, but listening for that still small voice in your spirit that helps you know step by step how to live. And you love God's church. You're not one of these that says, well, I believe you can be a Christian and not go to church. Well, certainly there are some sick people who are infirm that cannot get up and leave their house that are not able to partake in the activities of the church body. But if you're able-bodied and you're arguing that, listen, you're just biblically ignorant because the whole of the Scriptures in the New Testament is based around the body of Christ. So get involved with a body, a church body, a church fellowship where the Word of God is preached, prayers taught and observed, and you are encouraged and held accountable to a lifestyle of working alongside the body of Christ to be about God's business. How do you like that for a wrap-up message? Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you again so much for each one that's turned on, tuned us in, and I pray that by your word that you would encourage them, draw them to yourself, fill them with your fullness, your goodness, your grace, your mercy, and your power to go forth and not only live out personally, their relationship with you, but share it with others. Embolden us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hey, before I get out of here, I do want to remind you one more time about the 11th annual Bikers for Babies event that's coming up August 27th. There's some information there on the screen. If you're a rider, whether a motorcycle or a hot rod automobile, and you're interested in this event, uh, 
event's been going on for a long time. We've had great success with it, raised thousands of dollars for the Pregnancy Care Center. We would love to have you come and be a part of it. There's a number there on the screen you can call to get more information to find out how you might register and where the kickstands go up on August 27th. I'll be there with the old Honda Shatter, and uh, trust you'll be there with whatever you have. I'm Terry Knight, pastor of New Life Community Church, wishing you a great week. And remember, my friends, Jesus is coming back. Is he coming back?